Hello and happy day. How does slowing down sound to you today? Would you like to reduce the noise for just a bit? Are you ready to make a choice and decide to listen? My name is Igor S.F. Walker. I am here to remind people to slow down, to reduce the noise, to walk their lives into a natural flow. Welcome back to the Book of the Week series. Every week as I read another amazing title, I share it with the world. And today we look at Breath by Breath, The Liberating Practice of Insight Meditation by Larry Rosenberg. The Anapanasati Sutra is composed of 16 contemplations, which divide rather neatly into four sets of four. The first four contemplations concern the awareness of breathing as it manifests in the body. The next four focus on feelings, not what we mean by the word in our culture, but everything that we perceive by the means of our sense organs. The third set of four focuses on the mind, the mental formations and emotions that we concoct when we add ideas to those feelings. And the last four move on to pure vipassana, seeing into the lawfulness underlying all phenomena. Basic to all of these contemplations is the breath, which is used in them as an anchor, a reminder to keep the practitioner in the present moment. For some people, breathing isn't terribly a pleasant process. A lifetime of faulty breathing, often accompanied by emotional blockages, has made the breath an unattractive object of our attention, resulting in a great deal of fantasy or other forms of distraction. Doing anything that helps you breathe more easily will make your breath a more attractive object of your attention. In taking the practice into daily life, walking is extremely important because it is a form of meditation in motion and also because we spend so much of our lives doing it. There's a word in Yiddish language, yenta. A yenta is a neighborhood gossip who knows everybody's business, always knows what's going on, is always trying to poke around and steer things up. You begin to notice that the mind is one big yenta, talking about others, berating itself, pointing out how it used to be better, seeing how it might improve. Life, on the other hand, keeps on being just the way it is. We begin to see that all our ideas about how it should be take up far too many of our precious breath moments. We need to begin to just to see life and accept it as it is. At its worst, confined to the joys of a concentrated mind, meditation becomes a sanctuary that people drop into to get away from things instead of a road to lead into a fuller life. They don't work on their demons, so the demons remain strong. Such people are still deluded. They're just very calm in their delusions. They're truly calm fools. The point is to use the calm mind, even the joy that comes from it, to look deeply into ourselves. 
that is the heart of Vipassana practice. It starts off being awareness of an object, like the breath or the body. It winds up being awareness itself. Our direction is always towards knowing. Think about flowers now. On the first day, the flowers are fresh, they're beautiful, they're vibrant, they're fragrant, and it heartens us to see them. On the second day, perhaps they've lost some of their fragrance. Soon, they begin to drop, the petals start to fall, and before long, we spend our admiration, they go on and die on us. Do we conclude from that experience that we will never enjoy a flower again because they always wither and die and disappoint us? Or do we enjoy them while they're here, take them in fully when we are with them and when they're gone, experience a moment's sadness and then move on? It's the same with any human experience. It's the same with rapture and it's the same with happiness. Sometimes the unpleasant feeling become neutral or pleasant, though that isn't the point. You're not trying to change anything. Mindfulness itself is a subtle energy with transformative power. Awareness is an energy that transforms anything it comes in contact with. It doesn't work if you try to transform anything because then you are divided. People talk intelligently about their fear, as if they know a great deal about it. But what they know is in the realm of satisfying explanations. They've done very little being aware of the energy of the feeling as it's actually happening and the fear itself. Instead, what probably happened is that they drowned in their fear. They got caught up in it. The same with meditation. We got caught up in a thought and drift away from the breath. Afterwards, they were able to reconstruct it, see exactly what happened, and speak intelligently about it. But they hadn't been that specially present when it actually happened. Here's probably the most dramatic story you've heard about attachment, and it comes from India. It has to do with the way the Indians capture monkeys to use as pets. They attach coconut husks to stumps. Inside of them, they put a nut with a bunch of other goodies as bait. The monkey is attracted, eats the bait, reaches into the husk to get the nut. In doing so, he makes a fist. With the result is that he can't get his hand out of the husk. His captors come up and take hold of him. If he would just let go of the nut, he could go free. There's no scarcity of food. He's in the jungle. There's plenty all around. Often, the monkey is quite terrified as the captors approach, but he still does not let go. Ignorance and greed collaborate to produce suffering. If he would let go of his attachments, he would avoid the suffering, but he doesn't. Now and then, a monkey grasps the situation, clearly lets go, and escapes to freedom. What kind of a monkey are you? We need to develop the ability to keep ourselves open to whatever is. None of us wants to see blood and violence, especially when it involves someone close to us. Meditation practice teaches us 
that everything, even the worst fear, the worst disappointment, is workable if you encounter it with clear seeing. Avoidance doesn't work anyway. It is a tremendous waste of energy. The only thing that works is gently to turn to life as it is right now, to meet things intimately and directly. There may be a time in our lives when we need to have rules imposed from the outside, but I have infinitely more confidence in the rule that is followed because the person sees the wisdom of it, because he or she has seen by looking into it that it is a good way to behave. Wisdom of the practice combines with the mindfulness we develop and eventually makes the precepts not exactly unnecessary, just perfectly obvious. Why would you do something that is going to lead to suffering for you and the people you love? Please do help out. It is easy. Simply like this video so more people can enjoy it. Share it too and spread the word. Subscribe to my channel and stay up to date. And the link to this book is in the description below. So buy it and read. Never stop learning. Thank you. Love and respect.